What's going on, everybody? It's time for another edition of Quickly Talks. I'm your host today, Logan. And before we get to our amazing guest today, a few housekeeping notes. Number one, follow Quickly Media on Instagram. That's where you get the announcements uh, for when these episodes come out every Friday, you know. And uh, as well as other cool things like testimonials from our clients, videos and photos shoots that we do. You'll see websites we've developed. Basically, it's the Quickly Media Companion. If you, uh, if you want to know what, we're, what we have going on, check us out, as well as Quickly Color and Quickly Wraps, too. They've got amazing services and, and stuff that they've got going on as well, and we'd love your support, so give us a follow on Instagram. Number two, if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud or Pandora, it's, it's everywhere, so, so check it out. But if you listen on Apple specifically... Make sure you scroll down on your Apple Podcasts app feed thing and hit that five-star button because that the more ratings that we get, the higher recognition it gets on the iTunes charts and the higher likelihood it is for people to discover it in the, uh, in the business category. So, so please do that. That's why I ask every week for you to do that because it helps us grow and attract new listenership. And lastly, if uh, there was no lastly... So, going to edit that out. <laughs> My guest today is the founder and CEO of the ATL Search Group, which is a staffing minority certified company focused on diversity and inclusion. She was born on Long Island, New York, and raised in El Salvador during, uh, during the Civil War. She has over 26 years of experience in staffing and human resources. Lisa Clark was named the Hispanic Businesswoman of the Year by the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Her passion is to help people find the, rop- the right opportunities to develop and companies find rock stars. Welcome, Lisa. Hi. Hi. It's very great to be here with you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And on such short notice, too, I, I, I definitely expected to text you and you to hit me with, Logan, I'm so busy. I can't meet for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, but... <laughs> This was this was great. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I always like to um, make some time to uh, engage with our community, our listeners, and those job seekers and employers they are seeking to hire. Absolutely. So it's it's been a while since we've I, I I've seen you. I've only met you once before. It was. I think you guys were doing some promo for the Chamber or something yes. and Quickly Media was for doing that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And exactly. and Gabe was there. Love mm-hmm. Gabe. Shout out to Gabe. Gabe was also the person who gave me your phone number. So shout out to Gabe. Uh, he was our first guest, I think, on the yes. very first episode. So, um, so shout out to you, Gabe. Lisa, what's new? What's going on? So right now, uh, we have been focusing a lot to help folks with their resume. I had no idea how many folks have amazing experience. And because COVID, um, you know, there have been folks that we had helped that work at a job for 10, 15 years. How do you put that in a resume? Where do you start, right? And then we have a lot of young um, college students coming out of uh, graduating from school that may not have a ton of experience, and they don't even know, or they're not even sure how to write a resume. So we've seen a lot of that. So we had um, helped a lot of these people because what college students don't realize if they were part of um, a nonprofit and they took leadership roles, that is so important to have in your resume. That's your experience. Um, also, you know, for 
people that the jobs were eliminated, uh, especially now due to COVID, how do you transition those skills uh, to new opportunities? I had um, opportunity to meet with some amazing uh, folks that work in the hospitality um, and hotel. And those people are so amazing because they cater and go beyond what they're supposed to do. And they could tr easily transition those skills into sales. No matter what the economy is, you always need sales people. Mm -hmm. So if you have a passion and you love working with people and are a problem solver, you may want to consider a role in sales. Um, also, you know, be open for new opportunities. There's a lot of companies like mine, they were willing to train folks. Like right now I'm looking for a bilingual recruiter. You don't have to have experience. I'm looking for sales um, driven folks will train you um, in the industry. That's not a problem. And this is why I started ATL Search Group, because I saw that there's so many amazing people and no one has taken those extra five minutes to talk about what is your passion? If you follow your passion, the money will come. Believe me, I've seen it over and over and over. If you are passionate about something and you really focus on that, the money will follow. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And that's really uh, inspiring, uh, especially for me, I personally, recently I've been going through kind of a, kind of a drought or kind of a, what do you call it? A, uh, just kind of a bump in the road, just kind of just feeling really unmotivated lately. And, and hearing that kind of just ra raised hopes and, and, and sparked a little bit of motivation in me. So, so that's awesome. I'm sure a lot of people can relate, especially with the resume thing. I, didn't realize how bad my resume writing skills were until somebody who works in recruiting was like, Oh, Logan, you need to, <laughs> we need to complete. She sat down with me for like an hour and a half and just kind of helped me rewrite it and was like, you don't need that. Nobody cares about that. Yes. Nobody cares about these resumes that have this, all these designs and functionalities. No one cares about that. All they need to do is, is see where you have been and where you want to go. Yes. And I had no idea about that. And I was like, wow, my whole perspective is, is changed. Yeah. Because growing up, like they te teach you like, oh, you want to have a resume that stands out and sticks and makes you stick out to the employer. <laughs> well, that's BS because you as the employer are telling me You're right like, now. Look at this. <laughs> exactly. You're telling me now that none of that matters. So um, that's, that's a huge piece of advice to people out there that, especially like you said, post-grads that, that don't know how to write a resume. I even took a class in college about creative writing and how to write a resume, and they taught me the exact opposite of what you just said. Well, you know, you have to adjust. I think um, we are creatures of habits, so we tend to do the things over and over, even if they're wrong. So I feel that sometimes uh, as a uh, staffing firm, we are here to let you know, hey, no, wait a minute. This is not how you're supposed to be writing your resume. This is not how you're supposed to be interviewing. These are questions that you shouldn't be asking when you go for an interview. You know, that that's our role to prepare you uh, as an employee um, to be prepared when you go seeking for that opportunity that you're wondering whether my skill sets fit, you know. Um, so in a lot of times also, believe it or not, for employers, like they, they have combined two or three jobs in a job description. And we read this and we're like, wait a minute, this is why you haven't found someone in five months. Um, you're not paying what the market is dictating and you're not um, 
the, the, what you're asking someone to do is three jobs in one. So is our job, I consider ourselves like the middlemen a little bit be, because we are not only talking to employers, but we're also talking to employees um, in, this, in this market for sure. So, so let's rewind. Let's rewind all the way back because you made a comment before I hit record that is intriguing to me. And uh, also another piece of something that probably could inspire somebody. You said you've been on your own since you were 15. Yes. So give me that whole story. You were also, you know, you like I said, you were raised in El Salvador during the Civil War. Like, give me your backstory. Give me the rundown. So my mom immigrated here like many Latinos um, and went to New York. She, all her friends got deported except for her because I was born here. So she freaked out and went back to El Salvador when I was one year old. Um, we were living in a little town called Huquapa, and then civil, they had a civil war, and I'm a survivor. I have seen things that probably most kids should not have seen at their age. Uh, and then my mom was like, this is crazy. You're American. You need to go back. So we came back, and uh, we, we came here with $20 in our pocket, not knowing the language. We stayed with my aunt for a couple of weeks on Long Island, and then um, we decided to get our own place. Got a garage that was converted into an apartment during the summer. <laughs> wow, yes. that wasn't that. Oh, God. Everything that I own, including my clothes, were donated from a Catholic charity. I don't know how my mom got connected um, to this place. And what was crazy if you are from New York, you would understand what it's like to be in a winter without heat. Mm. We didn't know our apartment didn't have heat. That. We had hot water, so we were able to shower with hot water, so that was crazy. Uh, and then my grandma fell, broke her hip, and my mom was like, I got to go take care of your grandma. So listen, you have two choices. Either you stay here and good luck. I hope God will provide what you need in your journey. Or you go back with me to El Salvador. Wow. So at 15, I, I was almost 16 years old. I had to make a decision at that age. So I decided to stay. I rented a room from uh, one of my high school friends, um, parents, and stay there. And my goal was to continue to get educated. So not only did I have to work at probably the worst restaurant ever because they didn't check to see if I was underage. <laughs> um, but I had to send money to support my mom in El Salvador while paying my bills. I so, yeah, talk about craziness. Um, then when I hit 12th grade, my high school teacher, who happened to be the football coach for Uniondale High School, Mr. Lombardi, was like, hey, kiddo, where you going to school? Mind you, I didn't really speak English that well mm -hmm. either. So I said, I don't know. And he said, well, you need to go to college. So he took time during his um, lunch to call a small college for me, request an application to be sent at the high school. And he said, do you have money to cover for this? And I said, yes, I work. So he helped me complete the application, got me a small scholarship, Um and I went, he even picked what I was going to school for because I had no idea. He's yeah. like, you're very good. I think you're going to be awesome in business. So he said, I think you need to go that track. Um, so I went to school for business administration because he picked the, what I should go to school for. Um, and then 
I had to drop out of school a bunch of times because I had I was paying for myself to go to school and support myself. But I always went back because my goal was to finish a college degree. And I am proud to say that I'm the first one in my family um, to graduate with a college degree from the U.S. Um, while I continue to support my family up to today in Salvador, um, my brothers and sister are still over there. That's insane. You said you just said so many things that raise red flags in my head. First of all, number one, at 15, you had to start to learn everything of being an adult. You had to start learning to budget because you were not only paying for your bills, you were also paying for help for your mom and your grandmother over in El Salvador. You were so many. The football coach took time to help you, which is maybe makes me want to shed a tear that he was willing to help you. Yeah. And there's so many teachers that they don't realize those little changes change the person's life, that student. And I got to tell you, I reconnected with him two years ago. Really? Yeah. I look him up on Facebook because he was not in LinkedIn. He retired now. Sure. And I looked him up and we always go back to New York every summer with my husband and my kids because my husband is from Long Island too. And what was even more crazy is that um, my friend that we stayed with that summer, my husband and myself, all three of us, were his student at some point because <laughs> wow. we all went to the same high school. Uh huh. So when he kind of remembered me, but he didn't quite remember me. And when he saw me, oh my God, he got so teary eyed. Yeah. And he grabbed my face and he's like, I remember you. You barely spoke English. And I said, yes. <laughs> and look at me now, right? <laughs> yeah. He, it, it, you could argue that if he hadn't done that for you, you might not be where you're no. at today. No. That's absolutely insane. He took that extra time to guide me a little bit. Yes, I pay for all this stuff myself. But you know what? He believed in me. He literally took a leap of faith on you. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's incredible. He and and what's also crazy is he could have picked any field out of his out of his hat. Like he could have said, you look like a chemist and you would have. Gone Probably into, go for that. You would have gone into being a doctor or yeah. he could have picked engineer and you would have been an engineer. So, so my next question was going to be what led you to the staffing. line of work and staffing <laughs> and stuff. So, but he literally, he picked it out of a hat and said, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. So I had worked at a bank and I thought for a while that maybe that's where I belong, you know, cause I, I, that's how I learned how to manage my checkbook and everything. Right. Um, but you know, when I started dating my husband, I became a volunteer for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I work with a lot of terminal ill kids. And I was like, wow, this is crazy, right? Uh, so how I ended up working right after I graduated with my two-year degree. Uh, first, I ended up working at the Ronald McDonald House because I thought I was going to be <laughs> working, helping families, right? And it was not. This goes back to like not knowing how to interview part because I thought my job was going to be like helping the families there. And instead it was like, okay, you got to take minutes in our meetings. You have to enter this ledger of donations that are coming in and answer the phone. You were their secretary. Yes. It was an administrator job, which I'm not. I love working with people. Uh So I ended up writing a job description 
for my boss. And I said, listen, I think you and I know this job is not for me. These are the questions that you should have asked me that you didn't. <laughs> and this is the job description for this role. You stuck it to your boss and said, you basically suck and misled me in the interview. She was so excited that I had graduated from the same school she went that I never had a real interview. And it wasn't her fault. I mean, she was just super bright. Um, and I had a lot of admiration for her for the work she was doing. But she didn't quite ask me the questions that she should have asked me when I interviewed for this job. And it happens. It happens. You get all excited about the person that you forget that piece, which is so important. So while I was there, I met someone that worked for a staffing firm. And she, she, I mentioned to her that I was looking for a job because this was not it. And she goes, you know, I, you're a people's person. You should consider going into HR. So I ended up taking a temp job uh, for a new HR um, division for a mattress company. <laughs> and when I got there, I realized that a lot of the HR functions, yes, you work with the employees, but it was a lot of paperwork too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like the I nice job description, the um, finding out when he was enrollment for um, switching your plan for insurance and all that stuff. And I was like, wait, this is not quite what I like. Mm -hmm. So what happened is I ended up telling they didn't have a permanent job for me there. Uh, it was a temporary position. Uh, and they tried to send me to the marketing department, which he was the craziest department for the company. Like everyone <laughs> talk about the marketing department. And I was like, I don't think that's going to be for me. So this girl that was so mean to me when I was there, I worked for a staffing firm. And she said, you know, I think you'd be a great recruiter and you're bilingual. So I thought she was setting me up, but I decided to go for the job interview. Mm -hmm. And I ended up being hired uh, by this staffing firm on Long Island. And I was like, you mean to tell me that I get to help people and I get pay? They sign said, me yes. up. Yeah. Yes, sign me up. <laughs> so what was crazy is that the first year uh, for the firm that I that I worked for, I got Rookie of the Year award. And I was like, what's Rocky of the Year? Because I had no <laughs> idea what they were talking about. And they were laughing at me because I over-exceeded the expectations that the firm had. Um, and I love working. Uh, I had this client that was so mean. I remember my first call. He was so angry because the temps didn't show up. And I said to him, first of all, I'm new. I, I don't know what you do. I don't know who you are. Can I come visit you? So I, and he was like, you want to come what? I said, yeah, I want to come see your work environment because how can I help you if I don't understand your business? So I drove. I told my boss, I'm going to go see Jimmy. They're like, ooh, Jimmy, you know, yeah. they hated him, right? Beware, yeah. So, but it turned out that he was just frustrated because the company didn't understand his line of work. So I took my time. I went to see him, and I started building a relationship with him. That little two temp account merged with, at that time, Toshiba. They were doing cell phone. Um, and... I grew that account within a couple of months to 120 employees. Wow. And he wouldn't. Now the person, they didn't pay no. attention to him. Now they all wanted to meet Jimmy, right? Yeah. And he was like, no, I, I only Lisa. deal with Lisa. And now because he worships <laughs> the ground you walk on. 
So that's how I got into the crazy staffing world. Um, I did a couple of startups um, on Long Island. And then my husband and I decided to move to Georgia. Um, we started having a family. Things were so expensive. Mm -hmm. I worked with other staffing agencies. Um, but the one thing that I always like to focus is on relationship building, not only with the applicants, but also with um, the employers. Because how can I how can I understand your line of business if I don't really understand your business? Exactly. How can I find you find that rock star? How can I find that? And unfortunately, a lot of the times, um, companies focus on numbers. You become a number in their system. Mm -hmm. But I partner with a lot of my clients and understand, even if they don't have a position and I, f I meet someone that I feel could be a great access to them, I'm like, look, I know we don't have anything open, but this person will be awesome for you. So for those of you that are listening, I got to tell you, um, building a relationship with your recruiter in a staffing firm pays off because we make a lot of recommendations to our employers when we meet you. So keep that in mind. Wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, I, I feel like there's so many recruiters out there that, yeah, like it's like you have to work with this person, and it's like they just say, okay, just add, like you said, just add it to the spreadsheet. But you actually took the time to go to this person's office, almost spend a couple hours there, and almost just shadow and just watch their day to day work, watch what their operations are, what their HR, what their HR is like, what their leadership is like, and after that, you're like, okay. Now I can help you because I yes. know what you're looking for. Exactly. And you know what? Um, a lot of the times uh, I love my office support clients, but they, my, my um, light industrial clients laugh at me because they say that I'm the only one who really emerge into their plant and understand because all you see is the end product when you go to uh, buy food or a retail store, but you don't understand the process that this product had gone through to be on the shelf. So I love watching that. And they're like, you're so weird. And I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I have a company that makes tortillas and I love going there and watch the, how these machines, you know, do fresh tortillas, um, how they boil the corn from scratch and the end product when it's baked, the chips and all that stuff. They're like, oh my God, you are so crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I want to transition. We talked about it off mic a little bit before when I first got here. And it's actually pretty timely because this week... We're starting to see a lot of people getting their $1,400 from the new uh, Biden, I think, Help America or the American Relief Plan or something like that. I wanted to ask you, how is that affecting or or just like maybe the general state of unemployment in 2021 so far? Like what you've seen, you said that January was really a, a nice strong month and a busy month for you, but in the recent months, because of these unemployment extensions and bills passing where people are getting extra money. The past two weeks has been rough and not only for my firm, but for a lot of my clients, you know, I got to tell you here in Georgia, we're really blessed compared to other States that there's a lot of work available. And I know that there's people they want to work, but because of personal reasons, maybe they are taking care of somebody that's sick. They, are, they might be sick themselves. They cannot expose themselves because of COVID. They're still waiting to get the vaccinations. I get all that. But there are also folks that are healthy. Um, they might have gotten the vaccines already. Um, they're able to work and they're just waiting. Well, guess what? When all those benefits are cut out, 
you're going to be in the pool with everyone else mm -hmm. searching for a job. So instead of having a choice where you want to land your next job, you're going to be forced to take whatever's available at that point. So my advice to you is, I'm not saying don't get that money. Hey, if you qualify, why not? But keep in mind, this is the time that you have to start putting your filters out there. Where do you want to go to work? Who do you want to work for? So this is the time that you have to start looking for that position. There's plenty available. Yeah, I I completely agree. I, I feel like that there's, like you said, there's a ton of people that are at home just like put, kicking their feet up like, I'm getting the $1,400 check. That's I'm, 300 unemployment weekly. Exactly. I'm good. I'm good. Like, yeah. I'll just apply to a job when COVID's over. Yes. Well, COVID's, maybe Georgia is speaking from a place of... Uh, I don't want to say privilege, but things seem like they're on the up and up. People are getting vaccinated. People are going back to the office. Restaurants are packed. Exactly. Things are kind of on the up and up. You better get to it because yes. like you said, in a few months when things are quote unquote back to normal, uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yes. <laughs> People now, are going to be fighting I will, for positions. To be fair, I am going to tell you a lot of the positions that we're getting are more entry level. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, they're like middle in career, not high level positions. Um, we have gotten a ton of light industrial work. Um, but you know what? If you're a recent college grad, you're not quite sure where you want to work right now. We're here for you. Uh, even if it's not your dream job, you know what? All you need is to get your foot in that door because you may start as an assembler I was just sharing with you the story of one of my clients. Mm -hmm. He started as an assembler in this plant that we have in Fernburn. And when he finished his college um, studies, he was like, hey, I'm ready for an office job. They put him as a trainer and now he's in HR. So only because you're starting at the bottom, remember, you don't have to stay at the bottom. There's opportunities for you. That's amazing. I love that. Just because you're at the bottom doesn't mean you have to stay at the bottom, which is weird to me because I... Maybe I'm biased because I'm a driven person. I never strive to stay in the same place for very long. But I can't believe that there's people out there that are like, yeah, this is fine. I'll just do this for 30 years and then retire. And it's like, what? That doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. You, you can't do that. <laughs> no. Because, because you will then become obsolete and some kid is going to come out of school willy-nilly, ready to rock, ready to work. And they'll just lay you off and, and put that kid in your position because that kid also has drive to become more than what you are. Yes. So so that's crazy that people are stagnant. You can't be stagnant. You can't afford to be stagnant. Maybe no. before, but not now. And here's the other thing. I would tell you through when I work for um, my past employers, I kind of created my own job. And what I mean by that is I saw a need I went to my manager and say, look, I think we should be doing this this way. Why don't you let me try it? And you know what? That was very profitable for a lot of my clients. And talking about taking a leap of faith, uh, did you know that I started my firm with 325 bucks in bucket? I did not know that. Yes. This firm right here? This firm right here. Wow. Did not know that. Yes. Only 325 bucks in bucket? Yes. That's chump change in Buckhead. So, yeah. So I started with the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. They rented my office for 300 bucks, And my $25 was for my marketing. 
So because I I am involved a lot with the Latino community and I get to go um, before COVID, of course, speak to a lot of colleges and things like that. I always have kids that reach out to me that they want internships because they need them, mm-hmm. right, for credits, for colleges. Sure. So I ended up hiring three interns, and I told them, look, I have no money to pay you. I'll give you some money for gas. And they were so excited to learn how to do a startup that they That's didn't amazing. care. They didn't care. So I ended up uh, getting some interns and that's how I started my firm. And especially with a startup, I mean, we're going through this right now quickly. With a startup, there's not an internship for a specific position. No. You hire three people and you're just going to do it. Yes. You're just going to help us through the day to day. And you're going to know what it feels like to work. I mean, I'm I'm the perfect, not to pat myself on the back. I mean, I went, I don't know if I've we've ever talked about, like I left this big corporation to work with Daniel and the others at Quickly. And it's a small business. And for the first month, it was a huge, it was rough just it's because adjustment. it's a, it's a huge adjustment. Yes. It's, it's something completely different. And so for those three interns, I'm sure they'll never forget that experience No, because maybe they will go from working at a small business and a startup to maybe their next job will be somewhere, you know, more well-known. Maybe they'll go to Coke or Google or wherever, UPS, or whatever. UPS. Yeah. but they'll never forget being at the bottom yes. like that. Yes. And you know what? I think it humbles you, but it also gives you an opportunity to be very creative because you don't have the money that these corporations have. You have to be more creative to uh, continue to produce, right? So I always tell people, you know, if you want to work for a startup, you have to look at the big picture Mm -hmm. and start at the bottom with very little money. You have to trust the process and the most important thing if you are a business a small business a startup you have to get a team they see your vision mm-hmm. because if they don't see your vision and they're willing to work for that vision they're not the right folks to have in your organization yeah that I, we were just talking about this yesterday at work daniel was telling us that over the past couple months he's seen such a change in the company just from the people that we've hired on lately and it's and it's amazing. You got to surround yourself with people that see your vision or else the vision will never yes. see fruition. It's not for the people that are just looking for a paycheck when you work right. for a startup. Right. So for those folks that are considering working for a startup, you got to know you got, you're not going to make a lot of money at the beginning. But as mm-hmm. the company's growing, you will be recompensed. You know, you're going to get compensated for that. Sure. But at the beginning, you have to like bite the bullet. Yeah. And it's exactly what I did is I, I was making double of what I'm making now at my corporation job, but I wasn't happy. And I was like, this is a step. Daniel took a chance and was willing to give me a step in the right direction in terms of like the, the industry that I want to be in. And it, it, I, I can't look back. It's, it's been so much fun and I've learned so much too. And it's, it's really, truly amazing. I'm not just saying all this because I know he's going to listen. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to you, Daniel. Um, I wanted to ask you, we talked a little bit about job interviews earlier. What are, and you said like you, you told your boss at the previous employer, like you should not have asked me this. You should not. Are there. They if, didn't ask me enough. That if, was the problem. If, if there's a, a college, some college students listening to this or something and they're got a job interview coming up, are, are there. Do you have any advice for them about like what or what to not say during their interview? Because some people are horrible at interviews. They might be great, amazing people, but they just suck at 
at interviews. So one of the things that we take pride here in my office is that we'll prep you before you go to an interview. So the biggest pet peeve for me, even for my firm, when people come here and I ask them, what do you know about my company? Take five minutes to look at the website yeah. of the firm that you're applying. Get to know what they do. What, are the, what is the passion? What is the core value for the firm? Make sure they're aligned with yours. Yeah. Um, so we always tell them, make sure you look at the website for the client. Make sure that you dress professionally, even if you're doing a Zoom interview. Yep. Even if you're rocking basketball shorts on the on your it shorts. It doesn't matter. You have to look, comb your hair. Oh, yes. my God. Please comb your hair and do not wear a whole bottle of cologne. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you, like, I had applicants that come here and it would smell like cologne. It's like for they like, showered in cologne. Yes. Please don't. Uh, you don't know if the person is allergic to that. Come prepare. I know right now, um, I always tell people, bring three hard copies of your resume. And some people, because of COVID, they're not really taking papers. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? I still do. Bring yeah. three hard copies, uh, especially because a lot of folks are doing panel interviews these days. You're going to be interviewing with more than one person. They don't want to be digging to all emails to find your resume. Also, one of the things is like be clear in your objective when you write a resume. Uh, be prepared with questions that you have. Ask them, how do you see my experience or my personality fitting with your organization? That is so important, you know, because it's showing me that you engage, that you really, really want this job. Yeah, you're not just blindly applying on for, because you need work. And there's a lot of people that that do that, they'll just go on LinkedIn and hit apply, 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 yes. apply. But when they get the interview, they don't know what to say because they have no, they don't remember applying to the company. When they get the That's interview the that says- That's the other thing, yeah. When they get I the email that, that says that they got the interview. I'm sorry, what job was this? Because yeah. I have applied for so many. Uh-huh. You know, you just, like- You just weeded yourself out. Yes, and the other thing is like, you know, life happens. If you're going to be late, make sure that you let them know. With technology, if you're having, like, maybe your internet connection went down and you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? You know, um, try to connect via phone or something and let them know, hey, my internet's down, but I'm still here. You know, because you got to think these people are taking time from their schedule to get to know you. Mm -hmm. So be prepared. Ask questions related to the position. Um, also, what make you stand out? What are some of the qualifications that you may not have the experience in, but... Just the fact that you let them know that you're willing to learn what you don't know is a huge access right now. You know, we have to shift from like, that's not my job kind of thing to how can I help you to get the job done? That's the mentality that we're looking for. Um, a lot of the times, you know, uh, talking about that you like sports uh, may not be something that is related, but if you go to an office and you see your team, mm -hmm. they may look at the surroundings, you know, what is this person? Read the room. Yeah, read the room. See what they're, they're about. Ask them, you know, like, what do you love about this job? When do you start it? How long has it been that you started at your role? Be engaged with the person that's interviewing you. Yeah, don't be, don't be like they're just interviewing a brick wall. No. Being engaging. Yeah, ask them, when did you start it? How did you get to your position? What is some advice that you may have for me that I'm applying for this job, especially if you're dealing with their recruiter and not the hiring manager? Because a lot of times you're going to be dealing with the recruiter or the HR person first before you actually talk to the hiring manager. Ask them, how can I prepare myself better if I get an opportunity for a second interview? 
what are some other tips that you may have for me? Wow. In, 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 we're coming up here on, on time. I wanted to ask you a, a last couple things to summarize. Number one, do you have any regrets getting to where you are now? No, not one. That's awesome. What was your biggest roadblock in getting to where you are right now? There have been so many. Uh, first one was not being able to speak the language, mm-hmm. right? I had to learn. Yeah. Uh, money, when I was going to college, I had to drop out a bunch of times and work and then go back. Uh, in my industry alone, this is a male-run industry. Mm-hmm. I am the first female Hispanic that is certified. Wow. And being comfortable... Ever? Here right Here now in, in the, in, in, in the in state, jo- yeah. In, in so there's over 500 agencies in Metro Atlanta alone. What sets me apart is that I focus on diversity and inclusion. I'm here for my community. I'm here to talk about diversity and inclusion and why it's important for corporations and companies to diversify the workforce. Wow. What was your... I texted you about this yesterday, but what was described to me your first ever paid position, your first job ever? Oh, gosh. I work for a really low-class restaurant. <laughs> what kind of restaurant was it? It was a Salvadorian restaurant, <laughs> and I had to work to like 2 in the morning because wow. they had a lot of folks that came there. Um, you know, it was definitely not a place that I wanted to work. Um, I went and worked as a cashier for a supermarket after that. Um, so, you know, I knew it was tough and I knew I wasn't making a lot of money, but I also knew that's not what I wanted to stay. Wow. Yeah. I definitely understand about working at a restaurant. Been there, done that. I think we all have. (laughs) (laughs) I think you, I think it's important that if you're in college or, or, or whatever, I think everybody should either work in retail or in the food service Yes, because it gives you a different perspective. Like, I, I like to think that when I go out to eat with my family or friends, I have a lot more respect respect and patience mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things happening. Because you always, we all know that one person that's just a total ass, sorry for the language, to service industry people or retail pe- people. I think everybody has to work in that industry at least once for yeah. maybe just a couple months. Even, yeah. if you only, even if you only last a couple months, because if it's busy and my friend's like, God, it's taking forever. I'm like, oh, the kitchen's probably just backed up. You know, they're, they're, it's Friday night at 7 o'clock. You got to give them a kind of a benefit of the doubt. So that's awesome that you that you have that experience because it, it's it's a, it's another great place to work. If you if you enjoy people, work at a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> so you'll get here, a lot of it. Here is the one thing I would tell you, even for those folks that are career-oriented. Uh, it doesn't matter to me if you are the janitor at a company or the BP. Because you know what? You don't know if that janitor, three people will respect. That janitor could be the next CEO. Mm-hmm. It had happened. They came out with a formula for Pepsi. Some janitor one time, you know, came out to do that. So you don't know where that person that you see, it might be just a temporary job. You don't know. That might be your next client. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. So treat people with respect, no matter what title they have. is very important. Absolutely. And then lastly, what is uh what what would you get what any last piece of advice to people out there maybe right now kind of going back to the the unemployment stuff if someone is employed unemployed right now uh they just got their stimulus check yesterday give them advice right now don't stop looking 
for your next career move, your next job. If you need um, someone to introduce you to uh, a new employer, we're here, ATL Search Group. We're here to service our community. We're here to guide you with your resume. If you if we don't have a job for you today, you know what? We're talking to so many clients every single day. We may have something for you next next week. And for those folks that had um, unfortunately lost their job after being with a company 10, 15 years, and you're not quite sure how to transition your skills, we're here for you too. Because you are at a loss and I get it. You're like, oh my God, this is what I know in the past 10 years, mm -hmm. 15 years. How do I even write a resume? How do I put all the stuff that I learned? You're back to square one. Yeah, you're back to square one. Be open for opportunities. You may not be making the same amount of money that you're accustomed to make, but look at the putting your foot in the door. The sky is the limit from that point forward. Absolutely. Lisa, thank you so much for giving me this chance to get to know you and your story a little bit more. I absolutely loved it. I'm, I'm leaving walking on a high today. So thanks for your time. It was really awesome. Thank you so much. And for those of you that are dreamers out there, maybe you're the first person to go to college in your family. Don't give up. Look at the opportunities that had opened up for me. I'm actually um, one at a they have 700 applicants, and I'm one of three Latinos out of 63 The Leadership Georgia took. Um, it was an amazing experience. I am part of uh, Leadership Atlanta class of 2022, which is almost impossible to get in. But you know what? I'm there, and I want to open uh, other opportunities for minorities to be present. For those dreamers, uh, they want to open up your own firm. You want to do your own thing. Follow what you love. The money will follow. Don't give up. And this is Lisa Guadalupe Clark with ATL Search Group. If you want to reach us, info atlsearchgroup.com. Follow me on Facebook. We always posting jobs there. Uh, my LinkedIn. Uh, we also have a, a Instagram. And we are here to help you. You want to give us a call, 470-545-0256. We're here for our community and for those that are in need of jobs. Amazing. Everybody, I'll put the link to ATL Search Group's uh, website in the bio so you guys can go check them out check out what they're got going on if you're one of those people that she just described don't get comfortable start looking now because when things get back to normal you're gonna be like we said it's a bloodbath out there it's gonna be tough for for a little while so so get off your butt and and make sure you're getting somewhere everybody like i said at the top you know we want you to share with a friend, share with a business owner, share with a colleague uh, this podcast. It might provide value. We try every week to to have some kind of message or inspiring story that will prove to be of value so that you're not just listening to another episode of Quickly Talks. No, it's value each week. And this episode sure wasn't an, uh, an exception to that. So again- And we hiring. We hiring if you're looking for jobs. <laughs> Come so, see us. <laughs> so come see them. Follow us on Instagram. Follow them on Instagram. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere that podcasts are offered. And we'll see everybody next time. Goodbye.